good with everybody wait till we get about a hundred people in here and then we'll get started Fact, while we're waiting for those hundred people, I hope everybody's having a great day. Salute to everybody. If you're watching this show for the first time, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you hit the share button. Lately, we've been getting upward of five to six hundred live viewers. But you know what I say? The live viewers don't mean a thing. If you don't make the cash app ring during the stream. So definitely hit the links, support the channel, go to Cash App, dollar sign, The Angry Man, off rip, we need 10 people to hit the Cash App, hit the Cash App guys, off top, 10 people, so we don't got to stop the show or slow down because you're going to want to hear this topic, this, this topic is going to be really pertinent for a lot of you guys. Shout out to Zahira. She said, pharmacy school is kicking my rump. Angry man. I can only imagine. And shout out to Evans who hit me up with a cash app earlier today.
Need 10 people to hit the cash app. Dollar sign the angry man. Make the cash app ring during the stream. And for you brothers out there, I guarantee you that this, this stream will be a life-changing stream. But only if you listen. Only if you listen and take heed to what I'm telling you. Only if you listen. We at 152. Sherman, appreciate the cash out, bro. D Rock Den said for making the stream ring. Appreciate you, bro. Two people.
Shout out to Mac Jones. He said, shout out to AM. Always good to see other brothers that's into streetwear. No doubt. Let's see. Shout out to Malika. What's going on, fam? Shout out to Uncle Buck. He said, yo, you rocking, fam. Keep it up. No doubt. We got, a, we got a good one today, man. We got a good one today. We got one that affects... Uh, we got a good one that actually affects... It actually affects brothers everywhere. Shout out to Andrew. He said, shout out to Andrew on the PayPal. He said, thanks for helping me to put my political issues into words. Keep it going. No doubt. Let's see. Four. We need six more cash apps, yo. Let's get it. Need six more people. Let's get it so we can get the show started, y'all. But yeah, this is this is an issue that most brothers face and they don't know how to deal with this issue. They don't know how to cope with it or how to handle it when it happens. But we're going to talk about it and we're going to expand upon it. Brandon, appreciate you. You said, haven't donated in a while to the church. Appreciate you, bro. We need six more cash apps. Let's get it. Let's get it. Brian, appreciate the super chat. Today, I'm actually going to do something that I haven't, I either haven't done in a while or I haven't done at all. I'm going to teach you guys something that nobody ever teaches you. Mainly because they don't teach this to anybody. And if you grew up poor or in poverty, they definitely didn't teach it to you. Shout out to Michael. Says support. Appreciate you. Shout out to Kashif. He said, appreciate the content. You only need four more people, y'all. Cats, what's going on, cats? Cats coming through. I only need three more people. And we up to 242. 
Y'all must want to hear this topic. Shout out to Phantom Ruler G. Appreciate you, bro. You only need two more people. Oh, snap. There go my boy Grinch. What's good, Grinch? What's good with you, Grinch? Cat says she working. She grinding. Cats and Grinch out here grinding. That's what I like to hear. Keep that grind going. We only need two more cash apps, y'all. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's talk about this. This this is part of your this is part of your emancipation. Fitzroy, appreciate you. you said ready for the word. What's the word? Oh man, the word is gonna be a powerful one today. Like I said before, it's something they don't teach you. This is something you do not learn in your average everyday life, especially if you come from the community. You feel me? You know what I found out, though, last night? I was listening to, uh, I think it was DJ Kuda. And he was just talking about the manosphere and things that are going on in the manosphere. And you know what I realized? Like, he was talking about everything that was going on. And the vast majority of it, I knew nothing about it. And you know what it let me know? It let me know that I'm no longer in the manosphere. Like, I've been grinding so hard, I didn't even think about it. Um, I've been looking lately, and like, some of my contributions, my demographic is changing. So, shout out to Digital Night. So what it seems like is it seems like I have slowly made my transition out of the manosphere. Because I don't engage with a lot of the conversations. I don't get on the panels. I don't, you know, I don't go back and forth with anybody. I don't beef with anybody. I don't say nobody's names. So, technically, I'm not in the manosphere anymore. Which is cool. You know what I'm saying? Which is cool. It, it gives me the opportunity to have a, a larger audience. You feel me? Orange Juice Jones, appreciate you, bro. Gives me the opportunity to have a larger audience, which is always good. You feel me? But you see the title. You see the title of the video. The title of the video so she said you just need to get a real job. 
Now, before we get into that, let me ask all of the brothers in here. Let me ask all of the brothers in here. Right? Hold on one second. Let me ask all of the brothers in here. This is for those of you who have tried to become entrepreneurs, business owners, or you just stepped outside of the box when it comes to what you're traditionally expected to do. My question for you guys is, have you ever had anyone in your family, which is usually going to be a woman, have you had anyone in your family, your mother, your girl cousins, your aunts, or even your girlfriend, or your fiance, or your wife, have you ever had them say these words to you? You just need to get a real job. Let's see. So Malika said, yes. Digital Knight said, yeah. Mike Shinnery said, yeah. John Henry said, mom told me that in my early 20s. Nappy Young said, my ex and my dad's wife said that to me. Shirley said, I have absolutely said that to my sister, but not to a male relative or significant other. So let me give you let me give you my first piece of advice before we really get into this. If you have ever had anyone in your life say to you that you just need to get a real job,
If it's a girlfriend, a wife, or any type of significant other, right? What you need to do Fumbling. My apologies. If you have ever had a significant other, girlfriend, fiance, wife, tell you that you just need to get a real job you need to dump her and you need to dump her right now if there's anybody in your family that's telling you that you need to get a real job you need to get as far away from that family member as you possibly can. Let me say it again in case you didn't hear me correctly. In case you got, you know, any. In case you didn't hear what I said clearly. If you are currently in a relationship with a chick and you are trying to start your own business you're trying to be an entrepreneur or you're just taking a risk and a chance to better your career or better your circumstances and she gets frustrated with your path she gets frustrated with the adversity that you're facing and she says to you you just need to get a real job you just need to dump her and you need to dump her right now the reason why is because she does not view you as a whole person. She doesn't view you as a human being. She views you as a mean to an end. She views you as a walking ATM. She views you as a rented pack mule. She views you as a beast of burden. And the reason why is because you trying to become an entrepreneur, there's a chance that it won't happen or there's a chance that you may fail a bunch of times. Which will prolong you getting to the bag. She needs you to get to the bag right now. 
because she needs stuff right now. And it also proves her lack of faith in your ability to succeed. And you don't need that around you when you're trying to succeed. You only need people around you who are going to encourage you, who are going to add to what you are doing in order to be successful. Donovan, appreciate you, says salute. So let's start at the beginning of what people won't teach you. I was a little different growing up. You see, some people, they don't have to be taught certain things. They're just born with that natural inclination to do things in a certain way, right? It's usually unconventional. You feel me? Dead Set Anime said, even when I kept my job and begun doing graphics on the side, my ex complained about the time I was putting in. It's a trip. Appreciate you, bro. So there's certain people that are going to be born with a natural inclination to do certain things. Now, every once in a while, you might notice this in the hood. You might see somebody that fights all the time. And you're like, wow. It just seemed like they were born with the ability to fight. Like, they just have a natural propensity for violence. Then you see some people that get really good grades. You know, they go to school and it, it, just, it just seems like it's very easy for them to get good grades. It's like they were just born with a natural propensity to... to, to you know, follow instruction to, to do, you know, what they're told to do. And then you have some people that are natural born alphas, you know, they, they're, they're leaders. You feel what I'm saying? They're, they're leaders and, and people just naturally gravitate to them. And that person usually becomes the most popular person in school it just seems like they have a natural propensity to be popular. But then there are also people who reject the norms. There are people who try to forge their own way. There are people who think truly outside of the box. They don't view things the way everybody else views things. It's like they have a natural propensity to be different. These people usually grow up to become entrepreneurs. They usually grow up to become entrepreneurs. Now... Like a lot of you, or better yet, I'm not even going to say that because I don't know your situation. I don't know your circumstance. I'll just speak on mine and we'll build from there so that I can give you an idea of my path or the lane that I carved out for myself. And I definitely carved it out for myself. And I didn't carve out my lane with a, 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 a freaking piece of construction uh, equipment 
You feel me? I didn't carve out my lane with a backhoe or a bulldozer or a, a crane. I carved out my lane with a plastic spork. Okay? And my lane right now is a is a is a eight-lane highway. But I made it. I carved it out with a spork. Okay? And I didn't have a 10-man team or a 20-man team. I did it by myself. All right? Gold Professor says, supporting the channel. Peace to you, brother. Peace to you. So, I grew up around a lot of poor people. Now, when you're young and you're around all of this, it's normal. You don't know that you're poor because everybody around you pretty much has the same things, right? But when you go to school as a boy you know, you might see some other kids that might have a little bit more than you. Then you start to get a little idea that maybe there are other people that live better than you. Right. But when you're in school, you know, there's all these rules. You know, you got to stand in line. You can't cut the line. You 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 got to. You got to, uh, you know, when you're in class, you got to sit still in your desk. You know, you only get one time to be physical, to go out and play and rip and run. You only get one time a day to do that. The rest of the day, you're sitting inside of this room, you know, that's bland. And, you know, aside from the little color, uh, colored uh, artwork that you put on the wall, it's, it's, it's this bland place filled with strangers. And all they have are rules. All they do is tell you to do this and do that. You need to do this. You need to do that. Flavor Genuine, he says, support the street conservative. Appreciate you. So from day one, you're learning to conform or you're learning to follow rules. You're learning to be an ant or a worker bee. That's what you're learning. You're, you're learning to color inside the lines. You're learning to do your adding and multiplication problems the way they tell you to do it. Even if you know a shortcut that's quicker, they want you to do it the long way. They want you to do all of these things a certain way. You even get the little standardized test that has the little bubble where you 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 have to take a pencil and you have to fill in the circle and you have to fill it in because they're going to run it into a machine in order to grade you right i don't know if you notice or not but if you go to certain states when it comes time to vote the voter ballot looks just like that test from elementary school
So you learn all of these things in school. You learn to keep your head down and toe the line. That's what you learn. And as you're going through school, you're learning all of these different subjects. You're learning how to read. You're learning how to write. You're learning how to add, multiply, subtract, divide. You're learning about civics. You're learning about history. You're learning about science. You're learning about biology. You're learning about physical education, health. You're learning all of these things, right? But did you ever notice that in school there is no class on how to manage your checkbook? There's no class on how to maintain your bank account. There's no class on how to invest your money into stocks, bonds, mutual funds, CDs, IRAs. There's no class on how to maintain your taxes. There's no class on how to start a business. There's no class on managing your money. There's no class on what appreciates with value and what's worthless. There's no class on assets versus liabilities. There's no class on what type of corporation you should start. Should you start an LLC? Should you start a sole proprietorship? Should you start a partnership? Should you start an S corporation? There's no, there's no classes on that. There's no classes on corporate branding. There's no classes on brand recognition. Even though while you're sitting in that school, you probably see a dozen brands right in front of you. The only thing that you learn in school that is valuable is how to read, write, and add that's all that's the only thing the only thing that you learn of any value in school is how to read how to write and mathematics that's the only pertinent things you learn but why are those the only pertinent things you learn because see you're learning something else while you're in school you just don't know what it is.
What you are learning while you're in school is how to be an employee. What you are learning in school is how to be an employee. And they make sure through all of the grades you go through, there, there are some things that change. There's some classes that change. But the classes that remain the same throughout all throughout school is reading, writing, and mathematics. The reason why is because in order for you to be a useful employee, in order for you to be a valuable employee, you have to be able to read, you have to be able to write, you have to be able to add, but even more than that, you have to be able to follow instructions. You have to be able to follow instructions. Now you go to school, you read, write, add, follow instructions, you get an A. You do those things wrong, you get an F. When you go out into the world and you get your first job, you, you, you use your skills of reading, writing, adding. You also use your skills of following instructions because every job you get is gonna train you. They're gonna have a orientation class. They're gonna show you how to do that job, which is where the reading comes into play. The writing, the, 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 the arithmetic, okay? Now, if you do all of those things properly, you will acquire a paycheck you'll get your a you will acquire a paycheck which is your reward just like that a in school was your reward or maybe you'll get a b you get your benefits or maybe you get a c you get your compensation right But if you go to that job and you don't do what you're supposed to do, you don't follow those instructions to the letter. You don't get, you don't acquire a, a, a promotion. You don't get your benefits. You don't get compensated. You get an F. You get fired. You get fired. Haven't you ever wondered why when they're grading you, they're grading you using the alphabet. I mean, they taught you the alphabet in school. But if A is first, wouldn't Z be last? Wouldn't you get a Z? No, in the grading system, you go from A to an F. Right? You get fired. And when you get fired, it's just like in school. When you get an F, when you get an F, you got to repeat that grade. 
You got to do it all over again. So if you go out here, you get a job and you don't do your job properly. You get fired. You got to go get another job. Then you got to go through the process all over again. What is the process? Process is you write out your resume. After you read the paper to find you a job or you read the website to find you a job, then you write out your resume. You put on your suit to go to your interview. Most schools have a dress code. You got to dress a certain way. You go do your interview. You, you, you get your job. You start over again. You start over again. And if you do it right this time, you can acquire a good job with benefits and you can be compensated. But do not start slipping up, coming into work late, not doing what you're supposed to do, because then you get a D. You're damaging your opportunity to continue working at that job. And if you keep it up, you're going to get an F. You're going to get fired. You're going to have to start all over again. Because that's what school is. When you go and you do all of these things, if you don't do it right, you get fired. And you have to come back and start all over again the next year. And what is the lesson in that? The lesson is don't get fired. Do it right the first time. Now, when I was a child, I hated school. It wasn't that I couldn't do the work. It wasn't that I didn't comprehend the work. I knew how to multiply before I was even in kindergarten. My grandmother taught it to me. Grandmother taught me how to read, taught me how to write before I got to kindergarten. The reason why I didn't like school is because I was smart enough to know that everything that was going on there was arbitrary. I didn't know why it was arbitrary. I didn't know why it was pointless, but I knew there was something not right about it, right? And you got to keep in mind, you're a kid, you don't have a concept of jobs, you don't have a concept of work, you don't have a concept of any of these things, because while you're in school, you're not taught any of that. You're not taught about your social security benefits. You're not taught what a, what a FICO score is. You're not taught about withholdings and taxes. You're not taught about credit. You're not taught about real estate. You're not taught any of these things. You're not even taught what laws you should be following and what laws you shouldn't break. Not even taught that. So while I was in school, I knew something wasn't right. I knew something wasn't right. Right? No, that's not taught in any school. 
It's not just black schools. That's not taught in any school. If that stuff was taught in white schools, okay, you wouldn't have 90% of the population below the poverty level. Okay? So you got to realize it's not just you that's at the bottom of this pyramid. So, as a kid, as a child, I should say, I knew something wasn't right. But the problem is, when you're a child and you grow up around poor people, they force their ideological views onto you. They force their thought processes onto you. So if you're a little kid, right? And let's say you're watching TV and you see somebody with a Lamborghini. Now you're a little kid. You have an imagination. And you see the world as this limitless place. Where anything can be accomplished. After all, when you're a kid, you watch superheroes like Batman and Superman and 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 you know Spider-Man. You 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 watch these heroes and, and they, they seem to have limitless power. They seem they seem to be able to overcome any obstacle. So you're watching TV and you see a Lamborghini. And you say, ooh. I want to get that kind of car when I grow up. And if you're sitting in the house with your father or your uncles who have already went through the process that you've went through and got out of school and had to go get a job and realized that they weren't going to be able to afford the, the, the car that they liked when they were a little kid. Because just like you, when they were in school, they weren't taught the proper things to prepare them for life. So once they get out into the world, they get beat over the head by the world. The only difference is when they get beat over the head by the world, they accept it because the programming has set in with them. So the moment they hear you with your imagination, with your childlike wonder, your innocence, when they hear you say, ooh, I'm going to get a Lamborghini when I grow up, they're going to say, huh, you ain't going to be able to afford that when you grow up. You got to be rich to have a car like that. Depending on what kind of house you're in, you might even hear something to the effect of only white people have stuff like that. And so begins the, the, the socialization. So begins the programming to train you to be a poor person. To train you to be broke. To train you to struggle. Right?
So I remember being a kid, being a child. And I remember when these things were said to me, I didn't accept it. It made me angry as a child. Yeah, I've been the angry man for a long time. It made me angry. And this is what set me apart from a lot of the people around me. When things like that were said to me, I would think to myself, because you're a little kid, you can't say this to adults. Because you get in trouble for having a smart mouth. But I'd say to myself, just because you can't afford that don't mean I won't be able to. I'm going to figure out a way. Didn't know how. But I said, I'm going to figure out a way to get the things I want out of life. Otherwise, what's the point? Because I don't want to sit around and struggle the way y'all do. I don't want to sit around and be broke the way y'all do. I don't want to have to live my entire life not being able to get the things that I want, not being able to live com a comfortable life of dignity. But what I noticed around me is that everybody had the same mind state. Wasn't until I started to get older that I actually got around people that had different states of mind. And then I found out it was normal to think the way I think. But that wasn't until I was like at least 18, 19 years old. I remember being 12 years old, 12, and I said to my father, when I turn 16, I want a Nissan Maxima. Yeah, because at the time, my dreams wasn't that big. I didn't really want a Lamborghini. All I wanted was a Nissan Maxima. You know what my father told me, and I will never forget it to this day. This is why you gotta be careful what you say to your children. Because they'll never forget it. They will never forget it. When you crush a child's dreams, they never forget it. I said to my father, I said, I want a, a, a Nissan Maxima. He said, sound like to me, you need to get a job. And I remember at that time thinking to myself, why would my father tell a 12 year old that he needs to get a job? I'm 12. Instead of saying, well, when you get old enough, son, you, I, I bet you will get that Nissan Maxima. In fact, I'll help. Just behave yourself and do what you need to do. And you'll be able to get all the things you want in life. But see, parents think that they setting you up for failure because they put their own limitations on you. They put their own limitations on you. Now, as I continue to get older, I never thought I would have a job. Because I had in my mind that I was going to figure out a way to be rich Before I even had the opportunity to work a job This is what I thought 
Now, at the time, this would be considered crazy. This would be considered, what do you mean? You think you're going to get rich without a job? How are you going to get rich without a job? Right? Because in the poor mind state, the poor mind state says that in order for you to become rich, you get a high paying job and you save your money and you invest your money and then eventually you'll get rich. Tell that to these young dudes here. Tell that to these young dudes that came straight out of high school into the NBA. Tell these to these young dudes that became a rapper at 17 and never worked a job. 50 Cent never got a paycheck. He never had a paycheck, ever. The first time he got a paycheck, the first time he got what you could consider a paycheck was his record deal. He never got a paycheck for working a nine to five. He never worked a nine to five, right? Neither did Memphis Bleak, few guys. Right. So it wasn't that what I was thinking was far fetched. I just was ahead of my time. I just was ahead of my time. Now, of course, I did end up getting a job. My first my first job actually was. Not too far from here. When I was 15, my father took me downtown to get me a worker's permit. Because when you're 15 years old, you have to get a worker's permit in order to get a job. Right? Now, my father did that because he didn't want me to continue to be a financial burden on him. Which is what many black families do. When you're old enough to get a job, your family goes and takes you to get a job and then you have to contribute to the household. Right? So he took me to get my work permit. And I got tired of needing money at 15 and not having money. So I walked to I walked to the nearest shopping center. And at the time there was a Pizza Hut there. And I got my first job at, at, at Pizza Hut. And when I got my first job, I really learned. If I didn't learn nothing else about a job, I learned that a job is BS. It's bull. It's crap. And I was happy to get the little paycheck that I was getting. I think I was making, I think I was making $5 an hour. $5 an hour. So I would walk to work after school in the evening and I'd make, you know, I'd work and I'd make my little $5 an hour. And then I started calculating in my head, especially after I started thinking about getting a place, getting my own place and stuff like that. And I started calculating in my head how much rent costs. I started calculating in my head how much electricity costs. I wanted to get a car. I went to the car a lot. Oh, you got to have credit. Then I had to learn about credit. I said to myself, I said, something ain't right. This game is rigged. This doesn't make sense. I didn't understand. 
So then I start calculating in my head how many hours I would have to work in order to make a certain amount of money. Then it really didn't make any sense. Because I'm like, wait a minute, there's only 24 hours in a day. And this is also the reason why I dropped out of school. I dropped out of high school. What, the 10th grade, 9th, 10th grade or something like that? I dropped out because in my mind, the money I was making at the job was more important than what I was learning at the school. Which, in all honesty, was true. It was true. You feel me? I had no idea that we were going to go into this age of you have to have a college degree in order to get a decent paying job. And I do mean decent. Right? So, in my mind, I'm like, look, I can't keep going to school because I need to make money. I'm using this money to buy my clothes. I'm using this money to feed myself. And I cannot do what I need to do with the little bit of hours that I get you know much to my grandmother's disagreement I dropped out you know then I learned another lesson I learned the lesson of titles and certifications what I learned is that if you don't have certain titles and you don't have certain certifications, they will not give you a job. This is another way of punishing you for not conforming, for not doing what you were told to do. You were supposed to go to school and get your high school diploma, right? And even when you're in high school, there's something that they don't tell you. There's certain high schools you go to, depending on what part of the uh, country you live in, they have two different types of high school diplomas. They have an academic diploma and they have a general diploma, right? The general diploma is for those who want to graduate and go directly into the workforce. The academic diploma is for those who want to graduate and go on to college. But you gotta ask yourself this question, if you come from a poor family or a family with a poor mind frame, how are you gonna go to college if the same person that's supposed to pay for you to go to college tells you at 12 years old, you need to get a job? So I was smart enough to know college was out, right? Then most people would say, oh, well, you could have got grants and you could have got loans and you could have got and you could have got massively in debt, too. So the moment that you graduate from college, if you graduate from college, you come out into the world already with a debt hanging over your head, debt that you can't do anything with. Because there are some debt that you can actually use to your advantage. That debt you can't use to your advantage. You can't use that to your advantage. You can't. But the beautiful thing is. At 18, 19 years old. I was looking for a job. I was staying at my father's house and I was I was racking my brain trying to come up with 
an entrepreneurial idea. Because in my mind, I knew, I said, if I could just come up with one great idea, one great product, I could be rich. I knew that in my mind. I said, if I could just come up with an with idea, you know, if I could come up with an idea, something that nobody else has thought of, I could be rich. Now, I was on the right path, but my thinking was all wrong. My thinking was all wrong. And the reason why is because I, at the time I had no mentors. I had no one. I had no mentors in, in, in the way of entrepreneurship that could teach me the right path on how to do this or how to do that. So I'm basically trying to figure it out on my own, right? And then on top of that, in addition to trying to figure it out on my own, I got family members, I got friends, I got people around me. You just need to get a job. You just need to get a job and stick with it. Think I like going to work? I don't like going to work. I hate my job, but I got to do it. So they're trying to condition you to understand that whatever job you get, you're going to hate your job. You're going to hate it, but you got to do it because you got to make money. And there's nobody in the world that will tell you this more than women. But see, the thing about women, women will tell you this all day. You just need to work a job. But see, you got to understand they have different circumstances. When they go to work, they're usually sitting behind a desk in an air-conditioned building. You know, they go to work. They're not working in a factory. They're not working in a warehouse. They're not working somewhere where they got to be lifting stuff and lugging stuff and aging before your time. Right? It's part of the reason why they outlive us. The jobs they have traditionally are less stressful. Right? So, I got tired of hearing everybody's mouth. Shout out to Bluff City Nerd. He said, I remember my senior year in high school, my guidance counselor recommended that I should get student loans to pay for college. I knew then that was a setup for failure. She told me it was good debt shaking my head. Yeah, right. She lied straight up. So I got tired of all the pressure, you know, and I had a bunch of little odds and end jobs. You know, I used to have like, and back then I was ashamed to admit this. But I'll admit it to you now. Every job I got, I would quit. I would quit it. Every single job that I got, I would quit. I would quit. You know, I get a job at a restaurant. I'll be there for a while and I quit. I get a job at a warehouse. I'll be there for a while and I quit. You know what I'm saying? There was only a couple of jobs I had that I worked for a long amount of time. But for the most part, I would quit because I knew it was beneath me. I knew it was a waste of time. I knew it was not going to do anything for me. But at the time, I'd be ashamed to admit it because, you know, I'd literally be at my job thinking to myself, this is such a waste of time. This is such a waste of time. And I would sit back and I would look at the guy, especially if I worked at a warehouse, <laughs> there'd always be some supervisor that would be in his office just sitting at his desk doing nothing and i would think to myself i'm like i'm down here sweating 
working hard for seven dollars an hour he's getting paid more money than me and the only thing he's doing is sitting in that air-conditioned office staring at the computer screen probably looking at porn but he's making more money and he gets to tell all of us what to do he's basically instructing us to do the job telling us and he's not doing anything he's getting paid more money for doing less work and i started realizing people who make more money work less right now not in the sense of hours but in the sense of manual labor okay they do less menial manual labor jobs right But I had a lot of people that were real cynical in my life. Because like I said, I grew up around a lot of poor people. But I had this different mind frame and I, I didn't understand where it came from. I did not understand where it came from. Because I used to catch it from everybody around me, right? New said, we call those supervisors. Yeah. I didn't know where it came from. Then, as I got older, right, when I turned 18, 19, I was looking for a job because I was at my father's house and he wanted me to find a job and, you know, I didn't have any money and uh, struggling. So I went downtown Raleigh, went to this, 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 this job that I seen in the paper, right? Not knowing it was a sales job, right? So I went and did an interview and the guy gave me the job. And come to find out, this was a job selling Kirby vacuum cleaners. Now at first, I was gonna say, I wasn't even gonna take the job. But I got tired of everybody saying to me that I needed a job, so I needed somewhere to go every day so that I could get the pressure off my back plus when I got hired the guy that hired me was a black guy he was a New Yorker he's from Brooklyn which you know I always gravitate to you know New Yorkers and most of the people that worked there were New Yorkers and it was just a cool atmosphere cool vibe and it was mostly you know, it was a few white people sprinkled in here and there, but it was a lot of black folks, right? And I said, I'm going to stick around and see what this is about. And come to find out the guy I worked for was a, was a millionaire, right? But he was a millionaire selling Kirby vacuum cleaners. And at the time, I didn't even know what a Kirby vacuum cleaner was. I, I later found out that my grandmother actually had one. Because when I seen some of the older ones, I was like, my grandmother had one of those, right? But for the next year to two years, I learned more doing that job than I did all of my years of school. Like the way it works is you go to the you go to the Kirby. You go to the office, 
that morning, everybody's in there chatting, talking it up, you know. And then you have a morning meeting. Now, the, the brother that owned the place is from the island. So in the morning meet, meeting, he would play Buju Bantan. You got to walk like a champion, talk like a champion. This is what he would play at the morning meeting. And I'm like, man, I like it here. You feel what I'm saying? And so everybody would be assigned a van that they had to, to get in and ride with, right? And you would go out and you would find a, a neighborhood. And you would have a guy that was driving the van. He was the van leader or whatever. And you had a bunch of guys in the back. And they would, drop, they would go by, they would drop you, and you would go and knock on the door and try to talk your way in the house to show people the Kirby vacuum cleaner. So already off the rip, you got to sell. You got to sell just to get in the door. Right? Now, I was very shy and timid when it came to sales. I was social, but I didn't like to try to ask people for money. Right. Because we, we also grow up having that shame when you grow up around poor people. You don't ask for money. Right. So you had to learn how to talk your way in the door. Then once you get in there, you got to convince them to buy a two thousand dollar vacuum cleaner when Walmart is selling vacuum cleaners for one hundred dollars, maybe even fifty dollars. So already you're trying to do the impossible. You're trying to sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. You're trying to sell water to a whale. Already. Right? So when we're riding around in the van, we never listen to music. All we listened to was public speakers, motivational speakers. You know, uh, Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar. You know, we would read books like uh, uh, rich Dad, Poor Dad. We read books like uh, uh, Timid Salesmen Have Skinny Children. We read books like The Go-Getter, Think and Grow Rich. In this short amount of time, I got so much knowledge in sales, entrepreneurship, how to become a business owner, Right? And the way the environment of this office was, it broke the mold to everything that I thought. Because he even had a, a, a Christmas party at his house. When I went to his house, this is the first time I've ever seen a black man with a house like he had. This, this mini mansion. House was immaculate, right? He having this Christmas party down in the basement. He has this finished basement, big screen TV in the wall. He's got a bar. I mean, a real bar. He's got a freaking pool table. Everybody's in there. And guess what? He's passing around a bowl of weed that looked like the bowl of weed on belly that Lennox had in his house. And he's smoking a blunt. And here, here it is. This, this is this multi-millionaire black man whose work ethic was just immaculate. 
And he's at the bar giving people drinks and smoking. And I asked him, because I remember him chewing out a couple of guys because they was smoking before they got in the van or whatever. I remember him chewing them out. And I thought that to be hypocritical. So, you know, we at the bar, whatever. I said, you mind if I ask you a question? He's like, sure, what is that? He said, uh, I said, um, I noticed you chewed out so-and-so for smoking that day, but you smoked. Why, why'd you chew him out for that? He said, because there's a time and a place for everything. He said, I can celebrate right now because I've worked and I've done everything that I was supposed to do. But I'm not going to do that while I'm at my place of business. I'm not going to do that while I'm trying to get this money. I said, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? But there was a bunch of things that he taught me. He taught me that if you have nine friends that are losers, you'll be the 10th one. He taught me not to allow losers to stand in the way of your success. He taught me that the best revenge is massive success. You understand? He taught me a bunch of things. Things that have stuck with me for my entire life. You feel what I'm saying? I even remember one time where a lot of the guys, they would come to the office and they would dress down. You know, I would dress, I would wear a suit. Now, the reason why I would wear a suit is because I'm a salesman. I'm trying to get into people's doors. You know, I don't want to go there looking hood because they're not going to let me in. And every day I would come, I would have a suit and I would be the only one with a suit. Right. And I remember him saying to everybody. Like, pay attention to this guy right here. This is when I first started working there. He told everybody in the office, he said, pay attention to this guy right here, because this guy He's going he's gonna to be successful. And, and, you know, later on, I never ended up being super successful as a Kirby salesman. And I used to think, like, why, why did he say that I was going to be successful? Because I wasn't. But I didn't realize he wasn't even talking about just that. He was just talking about period. He was just talking about just in general. Because he saw my work ethic. It wasn't really about the suit. It was about the fact that I was that I was trying to put everything I, I needed to put into it. You feel what I'm saying? One of the reasons I would get in the door faster than a lot of people is because they would go to the door and they would have a can of, of air freshen. And they say, if you allow me to come in and show you this, this product that I have, because it's a sales pitch, it's a blind sales pitch. They don't know it's a Kirby. They say, if you allow me to come in and show you some of the products I have, you can have this, right? Most people, sometimes they'll get in with the little can of air freshener. You know what I would have? I would have a, a bottle of gain. You know the big bottle of gain uh, 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 detergent? That big bottle, not the, not the little one, but the jug, right? So I would go to the door with the jug, and like dudes would say to me, in the van, they would say, yo, man, why are you getting that whole jug? You, you paying all of that money for that big jug. You feel me? We going to multiple houses, right? Why not just get three or four or five of these air fresheners? You set. You feel what I'm saying? You set. And I used to tell them, I said, because I only need to get in one house. I only need to get in one house. 
You feel what I'm saying? If I can just get in one house, because I, I, I felt like my sales pitch was strong enough to sell that Kirby. So I'm like, if I could just get in one house, you feel what I'm saying? Because a lot of dudes, they wasn't getting in houses with that air freshener. You feel me? But, you know, I didn't really do phenomenal at selling Kirby's. I think my best day was I sold two in one day cash. So I sold two for the full price and no negotiating. Like a lot of people would sell theirs, but they would negotiate it down. And the more you negotiated down, the less your profit was that you would get paid for the sale. My best day was I sold two Kirby's cash. I had a woman put both of them on a credit card, right? But I learned something from that. That was the biggest paycheck I ever got. And it did not take me no whole day of working. It didn't take me no eight hours to make that money, right? And this is, this is something that I can tell you right now. Once you get bit with the entrepreneur, the entrepreneur bug, you cannot go back. It's impossible to do something like that and then go back to, to making $7 an hour, $10 an hour. You can't do it. You can't do it because the entire time you're there, you're thinking about everything else you could do, right? So I met some people, I met friends or whatever, and after Kirby, we tried to come up with our own businesses and stuff. We kept trying to come up with a perfect product, you know, because we're thinking if we can come up with a perfect product, we'll become rich. Now, this was a flaw in our thinking because you don't need a perfect product. You don't need a perfect product. You just need the ability to sell. Just need the ability to sell. You don't need no perfect product. You don't got to worry about no perfect product. You just need the ability to sell. If you have the ability to sell, it doesn't matter what your product is. It doesn't matter what your service is. That's irrelevant. Proof of that is Master P. Last night, I was talking to DJ Kuda. We was talking about, everybody was talking about Master P. Master P did not have the best music. Master P did not have the best artists. But Master P had the one ability that a lot of people didn't have he had the ability to sell he had the ability to sell and that's the reason why he's where he's at right now because he has the ability to sell if you have the ability to sell you don't got to worry about what your product is you're not going to worry about what your service is you ain't worried about that you just have to have the ability to sell right it's just like guys that come here on youtube they want to try to figure out well, what should my channel be about you're focusing on the wrong thing you're focusing on the wrong thing. You got to focus on your ability to to sell your channel. You, you're focusing on the ability to sell yourself. Because really, to be truthfully honest, no matter what product or service you have, you're not really selling that. You're selling you. You're selling you. And over time, your product or your service may change. It may change a million times. See, this is the reason why you see guys that have this stagnant when it comes to YouTube because... They have the same sales pitch. They have the same product. They have the same service. You understand? They have the same thing. You look at my channel. How many times has my channel changed? How many times has my channel changed? How many times have my, my theme changed? How many times has my background changed? How many times has the, the, the topics that I talk about changed? It's changed numerous times. Numerous times, the only thing that has remained the same is me. Because that's the only thing that I'm selling. 
That's the only thing that I'm selling. You understand? So when, when you see these guys that get stagnant and they can't grow, it's because they don't want to change anything. And the reason why they don't want to change anything is because they're afraid of failing. They're afraid that if they change something, they'll lose what they already have. You feel me? They'll lose their audience that they already have. I'm not afraid of losing my audience. I'm not afraid of losing fans. I'm not afraid of losing. You understand? Because if I lose, if you, if you hit rock bottom, there's nowhere to go but up. And the only thing you did is you figured out the wrong way to do it. You feel me? How do you think you're ever going to figure out the absolute right way to do it unless you try every way and then you mark it off the list? Okay, that didn't work. Let me move from that and go to something different. Then when you fail at that, that didn't work. Let me move from that and go to something different. I failed way more than I've succeeded. This is why when you hear people talking about Donald Trump saying if you look at his if you look at his businesses he's he's much more of a failure than he is a success and anytime I hear somebody say that I know that they're not a true entrepreneur I know that they're not a true businessman because they don't understand how business works every businessman who is successful has failed more than he has succeeded ask Michael Jordan about that you feel me but I'm sitting back and I'm wondering Where did all of this come from? Where did all of this come from? Because most of the people I grew up around have a poor mind state. They, they, they have a poor mentality, which manifests itself physically to living a poor life, right? So I said, where did this come from? Because I don't think the way everybody else in my family thinks. Where did this come from? And then when I got older, I started hearing more stories about my grandfather, more stories about my, my aunt, which is my grandfather's sister. My grandfather, my grandfather owned in Brooklyn, he owned, he owned a gas station slash repair shop. But he also owned a truck rental company where you rent trucks for moving like the U-Hauls or whatever. He owned that as well. And he had several properties. He had property in, in Brooklyn. He had property in Maryland. He had property in Puerto Rico. He was an entrepreneur. And I used to hear the stories about how my my, my my grandfather just had money like it was nothing. But nobody ever told me how he had this money. Nobody ever explained that to me, right? It wasn't until I got older that they explained it to me. And then you and then I got my aunt, which was my, you know, my grandfather's sister. She was in the real estate business in the DMV area. And what my aunt would do, she lived in Annapolis. What my aunt would do, you know, my aunt had money like it was nothing. She had the type of money where when her kids were born, she opened up bank accounts for them and she put money in the bank accounts periodically for them. And years later, one of her sons was grown. And I mean, grown, grown, like 
in his 30s and in his 30 uh, probably like damn near 40 and she was going through some old papers and whatever and she found a a a, a bank slip for the account she had opened for him that she had forgot about and she went and you know called the bank to check the balance or to check the account to see you know what the account was and all of that said it was a hundred thousand dollars in the account you know what she did she called him up and asked him if he wanted it because she didn't need it that's how much money this woman used to make right and one day i'll never forget we were at her house in annapolis right and she explained how she was making money. And my uncle, who used to work on cars for a living, who became a truck driver, right? I never forget the look on his face when she was explaining to them to him how she makes money in real estate and commercial real estate. Like his jaw was on the table when she was explaining it. So basically what my aunt had did is she had built up this network. You know, she had all these contacts. This is back in the day when you had the Rolodex. She had all of these contacts, right? So what my aunt would do is she would look in the paper or she would look in listings and she would find a commercial property. And because she had all of these different investors, all of these different people who like to buy commercial property, she would look and find a piece of commercial property that cost X amount of money, right? And then she would go back to her Rolodex and find someone that she knew was looking for a piece of commercial property like that. And she would call them up and she would say, hey, I got this commercial property. She don't even own it yet. She's like, hey, I got this commercial property. It's, it's, you, would you, uh, uh, it has this amount of space, it's this, 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 how much, uh, 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 how much are you willing to invest in it or whatever? Because I'm, I'm offering it for this amount. And she's already then added her profit to it, right? So he'd be like, "Yeah, I want that." So he would buy it. The person would buy it, and then she would go buy the property, and take her money off the top. You feel what I'm saying? So she basically was like a middle person in real estate. To where she had enough contacts that she had built up over the years to where she could get a property sold before she even purchased the property. And she would just make money like that. Like it was nothing. You feel what I'm saying? And when I started hearing these stories, I'm like, okay, now I know where this comes from. Now I know that this is part of me. It's part of my bloodline. And once I found that out, I said, yo, there's no way on God's green earth that I'm going to live a regular, normal lifestyle like everybody else out here who bought into the programming. Who bought into it. Now, as I got older. I started being around more people that have the regular mind state. Right. So when I got into a relationship with my kid's mother, right. We got into a relationship. I would do little entrepreneurial things, right? This is what I would do. And there was times I would struggle. There was times I would struggle, right? 
But see, Donnell said that process is actually practicing RE without a license. But back in the day, she made a killing. Um, yeah, she made a killing back in the day. She made a killing. But I think she did have her uh, real estate license. I think she did have a real estate license. But she was making a killing back in the day. I mean, a killing, you know. But when I got into a relationship with my with my kid's mother, right? We got our own place. I got my buddies, my little team that used to work with me at Kirby. We trying to come up with ways to make money. You know, we're trying to come up with a perfect product, trying to come up with a service, you know. And there were times that I did extremely well, and there were times I did extremely bad. The times that I did extremely well, my, my kid's mother was happy. Everybody was happy. Everything was good because money was flowing, right? More than regular job money, right? But when things were bad, you had to deal with getting evicted, had to deal with not having money for this, not having money for that. You had to deal with the struggle, you know, car breaking down on you, you can't get it fixed. You, you might have to, you know, uh, catch cabs for a little while. You might have to walk somewhere. It's the struggle that any man who has ever been an entrepreneur has to go through. But you don't trip about it because you know that at the end of that rainbow is going to be a much bigger pot of money than what you would get if you just quit what you're doing and go get a regular job, right? You know that at the end of that rainbow, the money that you're gonna get at the end of that rainbow, what, what you might get in a week may be what you would make in a month at the job that you, you're thinking about going to get. So you, you may end up with a business that's bringing you $5,000 a week. You feel what I'm saying? which for a regular job, that's two months pay, you know? So you, you're, you're on it. You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice what I need to sacrifice right now. But women seek comfort. They seek comfort. They seek to nest. So they can't ride that out with you. There's very few women in this world that are willing to ride that out with you. So what happens is you have to hear you need to get a regular job. We got stuff that need taken care of right now, right? And when I think about it in hindsight, it really annoys me because at the time, me and her didn't even have a kid together yet. We were just in a relationship. So for her to be putting those type of demands on me was ridiculous, you know? But you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But, you know, that was me trying to be traditional and do the traditional thing, right? I'm in a relationship, all of that good stuff, right? But I'll never forget it because she would talk about me. The people in her family would talk about me. This is one of the things that they would say about me on a regular basis. They would say, you know, Juan don't want to work nowhere. Which was true. I didn't want to work nowhere. They'd say, you know, Juan won't work at a pie factory. 
Now, what's what's the point? You, you probably I don't know if you've ever heard that old saying before, but basically that saying implies that you won't even work somewhere that's easy to work at. In other words, a pie factory is is the equivalent of an easy job. Right. And the reason why they say that is because you ever hear somebody say, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake or this is easy as pie. You feel what I'm saying? So basically they would say, oh, he won't work at a pie factory. And, you know, I had people talk junk about me. And then I had cousins that would go work dead-end jobs, right? And they would get praised. And I never forget thinking about the ideology behind this, right? I would never forget thinking about the ideology behind this. So you give brothers props when they will work like a slave for slave wages. But if you try to step outside of that and be free and be an entrepreneur the way that other groups of men do, the way that Asian men, the way that white men, the way that even Latin men do, then you get shamed. You get talked about like a dog, right? And I never forget her saying that, you know, you need to get a real job. You need to get a real job, right? But I stuck it out. I say, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to bend to this pressure. You feel me? And there's even a story in uh, it's not Think and Grow Rich. It's uh, the law of success in 16 lessons. You feel me? Where uh, Napoleon Hill actually had an opportunity. He had just got married and somebody was offering him a job that paid definite money and he needed it right then and his wife and his wife's family and everybody told him you need to take this job and he didn't take the job he didn't take the job and he struggled but he ended up becoming way more successful down the road than he would have if he had taken that job because he would have been miserable and he definitely wouldn't have made the amount of money that he's making that he that he made later now, the funny thing about it is you got these individuals <clears throat> who will talk all of this trash, right? And they'll tell you what you need to do. And they'll tell you you need to get a you need to get a real job. You need to do this and you need to do that. And the reason why they do all of this is because this is how they are trained to operate when they are in school. They are trained to be employees. They are trained to work for money, right? See, I don't work for money. That's the, that's the fundamental difference between me and the average person out here. I don't work for money. And it's the reason why right now to this day, a lot of those people that talked about me back then, they look at me now and they cannot figure out how I'm as successful as I am. And the reason why is because it, it doesn't even register in their mind. They're like, okay, I don't know where he works. How is he making this type of money? He can't possibly be making this money on YouTube. He can't possibly be making this money anywhere else. He doesn't have a high, he doesn't have a, I got a GED, but it's like he doesn't have a college degree. 
He doesn't work at some Fortune 500 company. He doesn't work for some, uh, you know, some huge company. How? How is he doing this? And it's very simple, man. Merciless said, it's best that young men on the ground avoid long-term relationships until established. Yep. Get the money, get the power, then the women. Exactly. Not many success stories are born by working for other people. Salute. Exactly. So. All of them looking at me a certain way. And this is the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. The same people that was talking about me needing to get a job. The same people that was talking about me needing to get a real job. The same people that talk junk about me not working in a pie factory and, and, and all of this arbitrary, stupid, ignorant statements. You know what they're doing right now? Struggling struggling they are in the same position they are in the same position that they were in when I was struggling see the difference between me and them is my struggle meant something the struggle I went through was for a better position right struggle that they went through they didn't realize that is just going to be your life. That's going to be your life. Because it's set up that way. It's set up for you to be a worker bee or an ant to do all the menial labor at the bottom of the pyramid so that you can push the wealth to the top of the pyramid. This is why guys like me got in trouble in school. Because we didn't want to follow the rules. We didn't want to color inside the lines. We didn't want to stand in line. We wanted to figure out a way to jump the line. We wanted to figure out a way to cut the line. We wanted to figure out a way to do things without having to follow all of the rules. We wanted to bend some of the rules, maybe even break some of them. Because that was our way of thinking. And this is why we got in trouble. This is why when we had jobs, we would quit them. Because we knew there was a better way. Like I said before, the average person is trained to grow up to get a job. They're trained to grow up and get a job. And they're trained to work for money. I don't work for money. I don't work for money. I don't. A lot of people look at me and they say, oh, yeah, you do work for money. No, I don't. I don't work for money. I don't work for money. My money works for me. See, I'm not an employee. My money is my employee. My money is my employee. This is my employee. That's my employee. This is my employee right here. This works for me. This works for me. Then most of you might say, well, how does that work? 
How does that work? It's easy. When I accumulate money through various vehicles, right? The first thing I've done, which is what you have to do, is you have to get your money off of a clock. You have to take your money off. Of, not only do you have to stop punching a clock, you have to make your money stop punching a clock. Okay? Shout out to young man who he said, appreciate the game, AM. You have to make your money stop punching the clock. See, when you work at a regular job, your mind state is, I have to work eight hours to get this paycheck from my employer. So you go there, you punch your clock, you make, you work your eight hours, your employee says, here, here's your money, right? Your taxes have already been taken out. Everybody's already taken their cut of your money before you even get your money, right? Now, most of you say, well, it's the same way if you own a business, you still got to pay your taxes. Yeah, but you can determine how much in taxes you're going to pay. There are things you can do to pay less taxes. So it's not the same as somebody taking your taxes before you get it. See, this is the reason why a lot of you, when you work your regular jobs at the end of the year, you file your taxes and then you get a tax return and you get some money back. The reason why you get money back is because they overtaxed you. The reason why you get some money back is because they robbed you. They took money from you that they didn't necessarily have to take. And you don't realize they benefited from that. You didn't benefit from that. Because that money could have been going towards something that you were trying to do. Could have been going towards a bill. It could have been going towards an investment. But instead, it's being held somewhere and then given back to you later. And because they're taking more money from you, when you get that money back, nine times out of ten, you need it now and you're going to spend it. Okay? Which means you're going to put it right back into the economy. Okay? And not in a way where it's going to come back to you or work for you. You see what I'm saying? So you, you, you go to work and you get a paycheck for, let's say, $500. Now, you say to yourself, man, I get $500 a week. It'd be awesome if I could get $1,500 a week. But by you doing, by you working that job, you say, okay, how can I get another $500? You'd have to work another eight hours. So you'd have to work 16 hours to get a thousand, right? You'd have to work 24 hours to get 1,500. That's impossible because you got to sleep. Right. So how can you get fifteen hundred dollars a week and not work yourself to death? Well, let me let me let me let me help you out. See, if you make your money your employee, you can multiply yourself. See, I remember being a kid and I remember thinking to myself, about the character Multiple Man from the X-Men. And I think I've told you guys this before. Multiple Man can duplicate himself. Well, guess what? If you make $500 a week, if you can make 10 copies of yourself, you can make 5,000 a week. 
But you can't do that. You can't make yourself a copy. But what you can do is you can make your money work for you. And the more money you get, the more employees you get, the more your money can bring back more money. So instead of you thinking of it in the mind state of I need two jobs. No, you need two businesses. So instead of you saying if I got this job that pays $8 an hour and then I got this job that pays, excuse me, if I got this job that pays me 500 a week and this job that pays me 500 a week and I work 40 at each job, that's 80 hours. That you're thinking that's your way of duplicating yourself, but your money is tied to a clock. You have to sever that. You have to fix it so that your money is not tied to a clock, right? So instead of you saying, I'm going to get two jobs, work eight hours on both jobs, which equals 80 hours a week and make $1,000. No, you start a business. Start a business that brings you in $500 a week to start out. And I guarantee you that that business is not going to take you no 40 hours to bring in that $500. You might get to the point to where that business brings you in $500 a day. See? Now you've already broken the clock, right? When I get through with this YouTube show, right? It shows me my analytics, right? It shows me how much people have watched my show, right? Shows me how much people have watched my show. In fact, I think I took a screenshot of it. Let me see if I got the screenshot. Let's see. When I get done with the show, it gives me a breakdown of, uh, it gives me a breakdown of my analytics, right? Let's see, I don't see it. There it is right there. Okay. Gives me a breakdown of my analytics. This show was, aren't you tired of someone else defining you and your success, right? So... As you can see right there, on that one stream that was a two-hour stream, the total watch time is 32 days. It's 32 days. What that means is because so many people, so many individuals watched those two hours, it all adds up to 32 days of watch time. Now, most people won't understand why that's significant. It's significant because you have to realize that in business, there are ways you can cheat time. There are ways that you can cheat time, okay? There are ways you can cheat time. So, 
you may be used to making $5 an hour, right? But if you go out here and you start a business and let's say that, let's say, let's say that you have a little business. Let's say that you don't even have a, a, a big business, right? Let's say you got a little business. You don't even have a big business. Let's say that you're just selling, reselling stuff, right? So let's say that you bought a iPhone for $400, right? And you turned around and you flipped that iPhone for $800, right? So you got on, you, you got on the website, you found uh, uh, somebody to buy it, you went and met them, and it, all, it only took you one hour to do that. Right, you just made four hundred in one hour. You just made four hundred dollars in one hour. So now, what you basically got to do is you got to figure out how do I duplicate this process? How do I repeat this? How do I make this a business model that is viable that will be consistent? Right. I got to figure this out. So now you go from being a person that could only make $10 an hour to a person that made 400 in an hour. And the beautiful thing about it is you're not going to work eight hours that day because most people are like, well, I'll work eight hours and I'll make X. No, now your time is freed up. So now if you had a job where you was paying, you getting paid five hundred dollars a week, you have the ability to make that five hundred dollars in one hour. That frees up your time to create more business vehicles to do the same thing that you just did. You can't think of it in terms of hourly work anymore. You can't say, okay, how can I do this for eight hours a day? No. What you do is you say, okay, let me come up with another business that does this and another business that does this and another business that does this. So now you're basically duplicating yourself. And then you hire people to run those businesses. You're delegating responsibility. This is how people become rich. This is how people become rich. You don't come rich from saving. You become rich from generating, okay? See, back in the day, I used to try to save. I used to try to stack my money, stack my money, stack my money. But the thing about it is when you're saving your money, you're still limited. Because if you're only making a certain amount of money, right? If you're only making a certain amount of money, then you can only save a certain amount of money because you have living expenses. You have things that you want to do. You, you want to live your life, right? So what you have to do is you have to make multiple sources of income you're multiplying yourself right and you're doing it in a way where it's, it's like this you 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 start a business that business brings in let's say $500 a day right $500 a day you work five days a week $2,500 a week right well you look at your money and you say okay some of this money is my buddies and some of this money is my employees. You feel me? The money, see right now, this, these are my buddies. These are my buddies right here. These are my buddies. Why? Because this is spending money. 
Okay? These are my buddies. Now, these buddies can also become employees if I want them to. It's dependent upon me. Now, I take my buddies with me to the mall. We might want to go get a... I'll trade one of my buddies for a shirt. I'll trade a few of my buddies for, for this or for that. Right? But, now, the money that's in the bank... That's my employees. You feel me? That's my employees. So if you make some money and you determine that this portion of your money is your employees, then you say, okay, what do you want your employees to do? Do you want them to just hang out at the bank? Do you want them to just sit around at the bank? No. You want your employees to go to work. So you say, okay, how can I put these employees to work? Go get a mutual fund. Okay, now you got a portion of your employees working, right? Let me go buy some real estate. Now you got another portion of your employees working. And these employees are going to work and they're going to bring you more employees, not more buddies. You see what I'm saying? Because that's what some people would do. They'll go out here and they'll start doing real estate and then they get the money from it and they treat all of the money they're getting from it as they buddies. Let's go buy a Lamborghini. Let's, let's, let's go buy some jewels. No. No. You, 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 you need to have more employees than buddies. Okay? You need to have more employees than buddies. So you, you, you take your employees and you put them to work. And what they do is they go find more employees for you. More employees and more employees. You see what I'm saying? But see, most people, they never get to this because they don't view their money that way. You understand? They don't view their money that way. And the reason why they don't view their money that way is because they are the employees. Right? But see, you got to realize the boss that they work for, you understand? He views them as an asset. Because those employees go bring more employees. What's going on, Kendra? Those employees go bring more employees those employees go bring more uh, uh, money to get more employees. You feel what I'm saying? So this is how they get rich. It's not it's not where you come from. It's not the school you went to. It's none of that. And it, trust and believe, I've spent my lifetime trying to figure out how this works. I've spent my lifetime trying to figure out why some people get rich and some people don't. Why some people seem to be successful and others don't. It's the mind state. It's your brain. It's the way you view things. It's the way you look at the world. Okay? It's the way you look at the world at the world. Most black people, this is how they look. I gotta get I gotta grow up and I gotta go get a job so that I can pay for my lifestyle. So money to them is only there to pay for a lifestyle. That's it. And that's the reason why when they get their money, the first thing they do is spend it. Because that's what it's for in their mind frame. People who think from a rich mind state, they know that they have to go out and get money so that they can, they, they view their money like seeds. They take that money, they plant it to get more seeds. You feel what I'm saying? And more seeds. You feel me? So you, you, 
It's the difference between somebody who has a fruit tree and all they do is pick the fruit off the tree and they never, you know, they never plant any seeds for any more trees. They pick the fruit until the tree dies. You feel what I'm saying? Instead of taking the seeds and planting a whole field of trees and then they can go pick one, one fruit from this tree, another fruit from this tree, another fruit from that tree. You feel me? It's just like, like I told you about my ring. I bought this ring with the fruit from one of my trees. You feel what I'm saying? From one of my trees. And and if it wasn't, look, if it wasn't for this COVID crap that had happened, I was getting ready to plant some more trees. You feel what I'm saying? But in the long run, you have to get away from people who have that mind state that you need to get a real job. You got to get away from those type of people. You got to get away from those type of people. Because those people will always be slaves. They'll never be able to get the things they want out of life. And in most cases, they're always going to be miserable. They're always going to be unhappy. Because one, they were taught that whatever job they have, they're going to hate it. Right? I don't hate what I do. I love what I do. And it shows. If I didn't love what I do, look, I'm the type of person, if I go to a job and I don't like the job, I quit it. If I didn't love what I did, I wouldn't do it the way I do it. I love what I do. This is why you, you see me even on the days where I say that I'm going to take days off. Right? I don't. I tell y'all all the time I'm going to take the weekend off. I don't. I still get up here and talk to y'all. Because I love doing this. I love talking to you guys. I love sharing information. I love helping other people to grow the only problem is most people won't listen most people will not listen i am living proof okay you got guys here on youtube that still run around here talking about some you know people don't realize there's money to be made on youtube now just ask yourself this question how is it you got people still wondering if you can make money on youtube when you have a guy like me sitting here every day talking about it, or worse, you have guys that are multi-millionaire YouTubers. How do you how how do you even fathom that? How do you even fathom that? And I was listening to Cuda last night, and you know what I realized too? You know what I realized the new thing in the manosphere is? And Kuda's probably watching right now. He don't even realize that he was doing it. This is what I heard him say. I heard him say, yo, you got, you got guys in the manosphere now that are talking about politics. And he said, you know, being a black guy that talk about politics, you know, that's not really where it's at. Right? Then right after he said that, 
he said that in YouTube, nobody wants to evolve. He said in the manosphere, nobody wants to evolve. They're talking about the same stuff. So how is it on one hand you're complaining about guys not expanding into other topics, but at the same time, you're taking a dump on guys who are expanding into other topics. And, and it, it came to my it came to me that, <clears throat> you know, he even said, you know. Like here in YouTube, who has a production company? I have a production company. It's called AMG Entertainment. It's on the books. Every year when I file taxes, I file taxes under AMG Entertainment. I have a production company. And, and what, I, what I realize now is that in these spaces, the new thing is to complain about the space. This is why if you notice, you don't hear me talking about the space like that no more. As far as complaining about it. Because that's become the new content. The new content is to complain about all the shortcomings of the space. All the shortcomings of the content creators. Instead of just being the change that you want to see. You see what I'm saying? Instead of just being the change that you want to see, instead of complaining about the space not being up to par when it comes to what everybody should be doing, stop worrying about what everybody's doing. Right? Stop worrying about what everybody's doing. And just do what you do. See, at this point, I don't care what they do in the manosphere i don't care who's doing what and who's not doing what it doesn't matter i'm going to do what i do i'm gonna do what i do and what everybody else does is just what they do because at this point that's a that's a null and void conversation that's a pointless conversation because you cannot control what other people do you can't i've tried you cannot But you have a lot of guys here that are trying to expand into other topics. And you watch and mark my word. Every dude in this space that tries to expand into other topics, they're going to get shamed for it. They're going to get shamed for it. Because the same way in the hood, people like to sit around and talk about the struggle. Talk about what they can't do. Talk about what the white man won't let them do. Talk about how they hate their job talk about all the dysfunction of the community you have some black people in those communities that don't even focus on that they just do what they got to do so they can get up out of the struggle right they just do what they need to do to get up out of the struggle and do something different you feel what i'm saying so i'm i'm not gonna sit around with everybody and 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 and, and complain about what i can't do Complain about what the white man won't let you do Because it's it's over for that That day is dead and gone 
that day is dead and gone. Any restrictions that you had on you is, is gone now because the internet has given you access to the world market. It's like 180,000 millennial millionaires. And I know it's because of social media and the internet. So now you don't have any excuses. And my advice to CUDA is, if you want to do a channel about tech, do that. But the only way you're going to be successful at your channel about tech is you got to stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. You got to stop worrying about what stream, what the old stream team is doing now. You got to stop addressing people that's talking junk about you. You got to ignore them and just focus on your mission. You got to ignore them. You got to ignore them and just do you. Just do your thing. Which is what you see me doing now. There's a bunch of people that have a lot to say about me. I could care less about them at this point. I could care less about them at this point. During the day, you're going to see me do this show, which is the street conservative. And I'm going to talk about conservative topics. At night, you're going to see me do the boss talk radio show where i talk about trending topics but every show that i talk about is going to be from the conservative red pill perspective it's going to be from a perspective of entrepreneurship it's going to be from a perspective of progression moving forward accomplishing goals becoming successful because if you get caught in this loop and it's a vicious loop if you get caught in this loop of black folks ignorance you won't get out of that loop it's like a black hole it'll keep you there permanently it'll keep you there permanently you got to get out of it yo shout out to brolic sports he said i'm still debating should i put my cash app in my vimo venmo in my description box, I only have... Yes! What? Brolic, are you bugging? Put that in your... Bruh. That should have been in there the day you started the channel. One Stop Shop 23 said, AM, are you talking about... Are you talking like stocks, mutual funds, index funds, compounding interest? I failed many times starting a business... So I went to college and majored in STEM. I do well, six figures, but I'm still tied to a clock and I hate it. Then guess what? Guess what you gotta do? You gotta start making your transition one stop. If you hate what you're doing for a living, but you make six figures, take a portion of that six figure income and turn it into your employees. Start you a side business. Start you a side business that you can do part-time until that side business brings in enough money to replace your main business, right? And once, once, think about it like this. This is what you do. You got your regular nine to five that brings you six figures. You take some of that money, you invest in another business part-time. 
you wait until that part-time business brings in the same amount of money as your main business because a part-time business can bring you six figures. So you wait until that part-time business brings you six figures. And even then you don't quit, okay? You just figure out a way to do your main job and your part-time business at the same time. Now you got, now you got, uh, 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 now you got more. You've doubled your income. You've doubled your income. So now that you've doubled your income, you take another portion of that money and you start another business. And when that business starts bringing in money, then you leave the nine to five. And you say, well, how can I start three businesses? Easy. Once you start your part-time business that's bringing in and you get that bringing in six figures, you're running the, you're running the, you're, you're, you're working your job and you're running your part-time business. Once you get that running like a well-oiled machine, you hire someone to manage that part-time business. Now you're freed up to keep working your main joint and then you start another joint and you get that working like a well-oiled machine and then you hire somebody for that one now you quit your main joint and now you got income coming in to where you can keep duplicating that process diversify you feel what i'm saying get you get you invest in some real estate invest in different businesses you feel what i'm saying you don't have a problem because you have money coming in. If you got six figures coming in, you don't have a problem. If you got six figures coming in and you don't know what to do, the problem isn't your job. The problem is you. The problem is your mentality. That's the problem. You got to change that. You change that, you'll be able to fully utilize that six figures. You feel me? Uh, Jermaine's jukebox said, Stop pocket watching and soaking up game content. Pay your dues for the knowledge we are receiving. This is a master class. I appreciate you, bro. One Stop said, bro, I invest 2K a month in the S&P 500. Net, wor net worth 320K. I was once told if you invest $100, you save six days of your life pay for your freedom well yeah you're doing good if you investing you're doing good if you investing but at the same time you gotta you gotta put that money see investing is good especially for long-term gains but those are small gains those are those are small gains little by little over time you gotta put that money also into some cash vehicles that's gonna double up triple up quadruple up you feel what i'm saying you gotta you gotta put that money in some cash vehicles, right? Like for instance, I make some money. You feel me? One of the ways that I capitalize on my situation is, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, so I do my own taxes. You feel what I'm saying? I'm not having I don't get a paycheck. So what I do is at the end of the year, you know, I have a lot of taxes to pay. What I do is throughout the year. I'm putting money back into my business. So if I go cop a uh, $2,000 to $3,000 iMac, right? $2,000 to $3,000 iMac that I use for graphics, that's a tax write-off. 
You feel what I'm saying? So that means that I'm going to be able to keep more of my income because I'm going to use that as a tax write-off at the end of the year. You know, um, I'm going to put that under the depreciating, uh, um, you know, items. You feel what I'm saying? To get money taken off of my taxes. You feel me? Now, that's entirely different than when you work a freaking job and they take the taxes out already. So you're not able to you're not able to benefit from when you're working your regular job. You're not able to benefit from um, uh, uh, small business tax write offs, which there are a lot. There are a lot of tax write offs. You feel what I'm saying? Like my girl, she has a regular she has a job, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's a career. But it's still a it's still a company where she gets a paycheck. She pays a lot of taxes, a lot of taxes. And see, we got to get to the point to where we, we're invested in real estate and a few other things so that she can transition from that. You feel what I'm saying? To try to offset. Sir Ism said, no more struggle talk. It's boss talk, Jack. You dig? <laughs> What's going on, Ism? Is it Larry June? I got six hustles. Word. And the key number, look. If you get seven, if you get seven sources of income, seven cash vehicles that are diversified right you will get rich period 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 the magic number is seven if you get seven sources of income seven cash vehicles okay you will get rich I'm I'm fighting to get seven. I got a few, but I'm fighting to get seven. I'm fighting to get seven. I'm fighting to get seven. But it's all about it's all about your mind frame. One stop said my failure mode is entrepreneur, but I'm learning from though. I appreciate. Nah, look, all entrepreneurs fail. They all fail, bruh. Think about it like this. When you go to the gym to work out, if you've ever tried to be a bodybuilder, right? Most people think it's about going in the gym and being able to lift the weights with no problem. It doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't get you anywhere. When you go to the gym, you want to lift, you want to do your sets to failure. In other words, you do, if you're doing three sets of, three sets of eight, right? 
by the time you get to that seventh or eighth rep, you should be failing. You should be failing. In other words, your muscles can't lift it because a, a beautiful thing happens when that happens. When that happens, your biology kicks in. Your biology says, okay, we just tried to do something with our muscles and our muscles failed. So what happens is you do that for a whole week, right? And you're failing once you get to that one, right? Then you take your break and you rest. In other words, you take a few days that you don't work out and you rest. Your muscles heal up, but your biology, your evolution heals the muscles to be stronger. So the next time you do the reps, you're not going to fail at eight. So now you got to add some more weight to it so that you can fail again. This is how you build muscles. This is how you build entrepreneurial muscles. You have to fail. Okay, you're going to fail. There's no way around that. When you step out there to try to do something you've never done before, you're going to fail. But the beautiful thing is you're going to learn from the failure. The beautiful thing is your evolution is going to kick in. And what's going to happen is the next time you try it, you're going to do better at it. And so on. It, it Wash, rinse, repeat. It's the same thing. You think everything. Look, how many times you think I failed before I got to this place? I failed while I was doing this. I've lost numerous channels behind beef and drama and stupidity. Okay? I've done certain things wrong with this thing. But when I failed, I didn't say, you know what? I'm not doing this and walked away. No. So, okay, I'm going to try again. But this time, I'm going to do this this way. I'm not going to do the thing last time that caused me to fail the last time. And now, you've, you've sharpened your skills a little more. So now you're doing it again. And this time, you might do something different that causes you to fail. And so now it's like, okay, boom. Now I know not to do this. Right? You have inventors that have failed to invent certain things. And it may have they may have failed a hundred times. They may have failed a hundred times before they finally invented the right thing. And what they will tell you, any wise man will tell you. I didn't fail a hundred times. I just figured out a hundred ways that it didn't work. Now I know what doesn't work and what does work. Okay? That's how that works. You're going to fail. You're going to fail, fam. You're going to fail. Ronan said, definitely right on time topic, as I've spent years seeking the right directions to move closer towards fiscal freedom, mastery, and empowerment. Fail forward to prosperity. Salute, AM. No doubt. Appreciate you, Ronan. BOA, what's going on, fam? BOA said that seven number is real, man. Great bodybuilding analogy. Top-notch content, AM. Salute. Hey, appreciate you, BOA. Yeah, man. 
you're gonna fail and i tell you something else too when it comes to the bodybuilding thing when you go to a gym and work out the other thing you realize when you work out in the gym is you cannot rate your success on other people's success when you're in the gym lifting weights you can't look at the guy that's already buff and say man i gotta hurry up and look like him no that's him that's his success in the same way in business, you can't look at a guy that drives by in a Lamborghini and say, oh, man, I'm not doing nothing because I don't have a Lamborghini yet. No, because you don't you didn't see him when he was driving your car. You're just seeing the end result. You can't worry about him. You got to run your own race. You got to run your own lane. You understand? This is why when I see guys in this space that are doing extremely well as far as their numbers or whatever, I don't worry about that. I don't sit back and say, man, he's doing these crazy numbers. Why can't I do those crazy? I don't care about that. You feel me? The, the stars aligned differently for his circumstance. His life is his life. My life is my life. What works for his life works for him. It doesn't work for me. I have to figure out what works for me. I have to figure out what my life needs in order for me to be successful. You understand? So what I do is I look at what I did yesterday and the day before yesterday. And whatever didn't work then, I changed that today. And then tomorrow, I look at what I did today that didn't work. And I changed that. It's a constant evolution. It's a constant evolution. But sooner or later, you'll get to the point where you're doing it without... Look, I used to have difficulty doing two shows a day. I used to have difficulty doing two shows a day. And I was lacking when it came to my short videos. So I wasn't gaining channel growth. I was gaining monetary growth, but no channel growth. So it's like, I can't have that going on because even though I'm gaining monetary growth, I can't gain, I'm not gaining as fast as I would gain. I would gain faster monetary growth if I had more people subscribing to my channel. So it's like, I know for a fact that the short videos is what brings the channel growth, but there's not enough time in the day for me to do that. So I had to figure out a way to do it. And it took me a while, but I figured it out. I said, like, oh, you know what I'll do? At nighttime, when I do my night show, I will structure my show. I'll structure my show to do three to four topics in my show. Right? So when I structure my show to do three to four topics, I make sure I'm cognitive of it while I'm doing the show. This is why you'll see me pause for a second, and then I'll go into the topic. And I'll talk about the topic for at least a good 10, 15 minutes because I know I want my videos to be that short and then I'll stop at that 15 minute mark. How I note it is when the last person donates, the timer is up there. I can see it clock, I can see the timer going down from from you know from uh, uh, from 39. So I'm dropping down to 29. I know that's 10 minutes. Then it get, drops down even further. I know it's 15 minutes. I'll stop the topic right there. So then once I'm finished, I go back into YouTube and I go back into that live stream I cut those sections out and I save them as new videos. There's my short videos right there. And the moment that I started doing that, and then all of a sudden you see this tremendous channel growth. You see the channel go starting to gain a, a few thousand, a couple of thousand subscribers every month and it's still growing. You feel what I'm saying? So you just have to figure out what works for you. You have to figure out what works for you. You understand? You have to figure out what, what works for you, what fits into your schedule, because only you know your schedule. Only you know what's going to work for you. You feel me?
And you can't do none of that Look let me tell you something And I've said this numerous times You can even read this in In um What is that book The power of habit The power of habit In the power of habit Which I think is a yellow book it's either a red or a yellow book. The Power of Habit. It talks about how you have a certain amount of willpower to do certain things. This is why people work out at the beginning of the day instead of the end of the day. Because you have a certain amount of willpower. It can be measured, right? They've done studies on this. You have a certain amount of effort, certain amount of willpower. This is why you do the most important stuff at the beginning of the day. Because if you wait to the end of the day, you're probably not going to do it, right? So, what I figured out is that in order for you to do something that you're trying to accomplish, it takes 100% of your energy. 100% of your energy. You can't divide those energies. So, you can't be 60% focused on your mission and then 40% worrying about what everybody else is doing. Because now you're not going to accomplish your goal. Because your goal needs your 100%. This is why I said haters will never be successful. Because haters spend the majority of their energy worrying about what other people are doing. And it isn't until they stop doing that that they begin to be successful. Because you have to focus 100% of your energy on what you're doing. You cannot focus 90% of your energy on what you're doing and 10% on hating on other people. You can't do that, okay? You cannot do that. And it takes 26 days to create a habit, whether it be a good habit or a bad habit, all right? So the reason why you got to grind it out, grind it out, grind it out, because after you've done it for a long time, it becomes easy. I call that autopilot. Right now, everything I do is on autopilot. I can do it without really thinking about it. And once you get to the point to where you can do it without really thinking about it, now you have the ability to add other things. It's like the dude that's juggling. At first, he may can only juggle one thing. After he gets good at that, he add another thing. Got two things. You feel me? Add another thing. Boom. Now you got more things. You're doing it. You're doing it. Once you get good at it, you can add something else. And then you see the dudes that are really good at it. They can juggle freaking chainsaws and stuff. But it comes from practice, man. BOA, appreciate you for doubling up, fam. He said chopping live streams up is what aided my ability to do daily as well. Yeah. Yeah, because them videos, them short videos are important. Them short videos are important, man. You need them short videos for the algorithm. Gotta have those uh, short videos. My only issue now is I got to get some employees. I got to start delegating. That's the only issue now. 
I got a, there's a couple of business ventures I want to get into, but the only way I'm going to be able to do them is because I'm not, I don't want to go do a business venture and stop doing this. That doesn't make sense. I need to get a business venture that I can get somebody else to work and continue to do this. That's, that's how you double up. That's how you triple up. That's how you quadruple up. That's how you become rich. That's how you become wealthy. Okay. That's how you become wealthy. You feel me? You're supposed to set everything up to where it's running like a fine, well-oiled machine. And you set it up in a way that by the time your children get grown, you can pass your business down to them. And you have it running so well that even they can't mess it up. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? You have it running so well that even they can't mess it up. You feel me? But that ties into trust and board of directors and lawyers and, and all of that different stuff, right? But we got to get to this point. Black men, we have to get to this point. We have to stop viewing the world from that poor mind state that was trained into us in, 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 in that we were indoctrinated in as children, okay? I remember when I was... Um, I remember when I was a teenager and I had a little bit of money and I went to the store. They used to have these stores called Fines, where they would have all of the street gear or whatever. And me and my cousin went in there and there was they had a Sean John shirt that was a tank top. And it was kind of expensive for our price. And my cousin was looking at the clothes. And he's like, man, these clothes is too expensive. I can't afford this. And I stopped him. I said, bro, don't ever say you can't afford something. Don't ever say you can't afford something. Say you can't buy it yet. Say, oh man, I can't buy this yet. Because the only thing that's coming between you and buying what you want is making more money. There's no such thing as you can't afford something. It doesn't exist. You may not be able to buy it at that moment, but it ain't going to always be that way. Not if you grinding, not if you doing what you're supposed to do. And one of my favorite cartoons as a kid was DuckTales. And the one thing I remember about DuckTales is Scrooge McDuck would say, work smarter, not harder. You feel what I'm saying? And that's the problem with us. We, we're taught as black folk when we're kids that if you want anything out of life, you got to work hard. No, if you want anything out of life, you got to work smart. You got to work smart. You got to work smart. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say you're not going to put in no hard work. You are going to put in hard work, but you put hard work behind intelligence. Okay? You put hard work behind intelligence. You feel me? Jermaine's jukebox said, amen, brother. We got to unlearn to relearn. Exactly. You put intelligence, you put hard work behind intelligence, not intelligence behind hard work. Okay. That's the order. Because if you working hard and then you trying to get smart after you're working hard. Mm -mm. You be smart first and then you put hard work behind smart endeavors. You feel what I'm saying? 
You don't want to be the smartest dude working at the loading dock. Feel me? You don't want to be the smartest dude working for $7 an hour. Because you know what happens when you're the smartest dude working for $7 an hour? You're in hell. Because you're in there looking at everybody else benefiting from your intelligence, except you. I was the smartest guy working in an office for, what was it, $14 an hour. I even came up with, I even came up with a spreadsheet that increased the productivity of that office by 40%. So here I am working hard, putting intelligence behind my hard work, making another company rich. You feel me? If I was smart, I would be putting that hard work behind my own company, which is what I'm doing now. And the difference is drastic. The difference is like night and day. Okay? The difference is like night and day. The difference is I can sit here it, with, with diamonds. You feel what I'm saying? With, with diamonds, diamond jewelry in a, in a fucking $100 shirt. You feel what I'm saying? in a $40,000 car and it ain't hurting me to do that. It ain't hurting me to do that. You feel what I'm saying? That's the difference. Now back then, you feel me? I was struggling to pay my car note. I was struggling to pay my bills. I was struggling to make ends meet. I had to sacrifice in order to do nice things like take my kids to the Universal Circus or to take my children somewhere to spend time with them. You feel what I'm saying? I was hurting. I was hurting. And now I'm not hurting. Now I'm not hurting. And what I gotta do is I gotta figure out, and it don't stop. This is what this is what your boy Nipsey meant. This is what your boy Nipsey meant when he said the marathon continues. Most people think he's just talking about his store. Most people just think he's talking about his, his album. No, he's talking about his lifestyle. Life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Okay? It's not a sprint. You got to figure out how to keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You don't stop. You don't stop there. Like I could stop here right now and be comfortable. But I don't want to be comfortable. I want to be uncomfortable. You understand me? I want to be uncomfortable. Because when a man is uncomfortable, he moves. He do something. Women are comfortable. Women love comfort. Okay? And this is why you don't see a lot of women starting Fortune 500 companies. This is why you don't see a lot of women taking risks. Because women love comfort. We can't love comfort. That's the biggest problem with black men. Black men nest the same way women do. And the reason why is because a lot of you were raised by women. So you have a woman's mentality of wanting to be comfortable. This is why you're content with finding a nine to five job that pays you just enough to get by. Because that's all a job is. It's just over broke. You're just getting by. You're just keeping your head just above water. And all it takes is for there to be some kind of emergency for you to get underwater 
You feel what I'm saying? I don't have no emergencies no more. And the reason why is because I got money in the bank that will cover those emergencies. And when you got money set aside, you don't got to worry about them because they don't pop up. The only time they pop up is when you broke. The only time an emergency pops up is when you broke. You understand? Now, I remember when I was broke, I used to have all kinds of messed up emergencies. You feel me? I would go, I had to see my kids. I could only see my kids every other weekend, right? And every time you look up, my kid's mother was going up there for child support, complaining she needed more money. She needed this. She needed that. I would go get my kids every other weekend. Could barely do that, right? I remember going to get my son for his birthday one time. I had saved up some money to buy him a cell phone, right? This was a few years ago when they first started really having like the prepaid cell phones. I said, I'm going to buy my son a cell phone. It took every dollar that I had to get him a cell phone. And I had enough money to go get them and give him a little party. I go pick them up. I'm coming down the road. Boom. Tie go flat. And I'm not talking about a regular tie. I'm talking about a low profile tie. Tie go flat. So now the money that I was going to spend to give him a birthday party, I got to spend on this tiger. That's the type of stupid stuff that used to happen. I remember my windshield was messed up and I had my windshield put in and it wasn't put in right so it would leak. And I remember coming home and I got my boys that weekend and my son was sitting in the passenger seat and he's like, Dad, look. And there was water in the floor because it was raining that day. And look, I'm telling you right now, I've had times where the struggle was so hard, it was crushing. It was crushing me. You understand? I'm talking about crushing me to the point where you just want to give up. You just want to say, man, I can't do this. I can't do it, man. This is too much. It's too much stress on me. But you know what I did? Here's another thing that black folks don't do. Here's another thing. And I'm going to tell y'all this. I don't really tell everybody all of my business, but I'm going to tell you this. I remember I had a BMW. The payments was killing me because I was struggling. I was working at a freaking, I was working at a precision tune, right? I was only getting $300 a week. Hundred of that I had to pay to snap on and Matco tools, right? For my tools at the job that I was using, right? Because I had an account with snap on and I had an account with Matco. $100. They come there every payday to get their $100. So that left me with $200. So that's $800 for the month, right? $800 for the month. <clears throat> Child support was taking $100 out of my paycheck every week. So that left me with $100. That left me with $400 for the month. My car payment was $265. My insurance was $100 and something. This is what I was going through, right? This is what I was going through. And I was so stressed out, I didn't know what to do. Child support division was calling me, threatening to lock me up if I didn't pay this or pay that. Because I was, it was taking money out of my check, but I had arrears. So they're calling me, complaining, you need to pay this off. You need to pay this off. You need to pay this off, right? Going through it. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I was so stressed. There was nobody I could turn to. Um, you know, 
my girl, she had her job, but she couldn't help me because she was covering what I couldn't cover, right? So I'm going through this and I'm stressed. And I remember I went to her job to have a conversation with her. And I told her, I said, I just don't know what to do. And she had a friend at that job. And she came, you know, she went and got, she went to a friend and she came back. She said, here. And it was a card. It was a phone number to a lady, a, a, a white Jewish lady that was a therapist. And she said, you can go see her. You know, I think she charges X amount of money. I think at the time it was $70 an hour, right? And I really didn't have $70 an hour, but I said, you know what? I'm going I'm to give her this money. I'm going to go talk to her and give her this money, right? And I went and talked to that woman. And that woman's still my therapist to this day. She's still my therapist to this day. In fact, I think I got a therapy session Saturday, this Saturday coming up. But I talked to that woman and I never forget right after I talked to that woman, I still had the same problems, still had the same issues, but I felt so much better after I had a conversation with her. And the reason why is because she told me what I needed to do. And she listened to what I had to say, but she was a non-biased party. So she listened to me without any judgment. And she told me stuff that nobody else in the black community would have told me. She told me things like, you don't owe anybody anything. You got to look out for yourself before you look out for anybody else. You got people in your life that's toxic. that contribute to your stress. You feel me? And see, this is one of the things that I've, you know, ever since day one, because I did this back before I had a YouTube channel. Now you got plenty of guys that get up here. They talk all of this smack about, yeah, black men need therapists. They got that from me. They got that from me. They try to pretend like they came up with it. And most of the guys that's telling you that they don't even go to therapists. They got more issues than anybody. Right. But that was the main reason why when I first came here, I used to say all the time, black men, you cannot take all of this on yourself. You cannot take all of the stress of the world on yourself. And not talk to somebody. Go to a therapist. Talk to a therapist. Not no and not no not no therapist at the VA. Not no therapist uh 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 that that's like a that's like a therapist that, you know, these low income therapists. No. Go to a therapist. That is has a private practice. In other words, they have a vested interest in helping you because if they help you, you'll come back. Don't go to one of these state sponsored therapists because a lot of people, they'll say therapy don't work. That's because you go to the wrong therapist. Yeah, don't go to no church therapist. Don't go to no state sponsored therapist and don't go to no VA therapist. OK, don't go to no VA therapist, go to a therapist with a private practice. Somebody that's going to listen to you, somebody that's going to take notes, somebody that's going to follow up with you. So the next time you have a session, they're going to ask you about your progress. And it helps you, it helps you with your stress. And when you're less stressed out, you got more energy to focus on the things you're trying to accomplish. That's just the reality of it.
But anyway, let me read these cash apps. <clears throat> Shout out to Jermaine's Jukebox. He said, thank God you're here and had your breakthrough. Salute. Appreciate you, fam. He said, amen, brother. We got Oh, I already read that one. So let's see. Let's let's go. Okay, so read that one, read that one, read that one. Yo, Michael, appreciate you. I read that one already. I read that one. Read that one, read that one. Okay. Uh Ron, appreciate you. You said you the realest in the game. Hope all is well. It is, man. Appreciate you, bro. Shout out to Roastmaster. Dropping that 50 spot. Appreciate you. Shout out to New. He said, stopping in listening. What's good? What's going on, New? Shout out to Mustafa. He said, I can't chat in the chat room. D's. Hey man, you gotta I gotta give you a wrench or something, bruh. I gotta give you a wrench. Hey, I tell you what, D's, tonight when I do my show tonight, I'll give you a wrench for this show. Then you'll be able to chat in the chat room. Uh, Mr. Williams, appreciate you. Anwar, he said, fire content, appreciate you. Swift said, thank you for the information. No problem, fam. Kurt, thanks for dropping the 50 spot. He said, thanks for the game, AM. No problem, fam. So hopefully, hopefully, the things I've said to you guys today will encourage you, will give you some clarity on what you should be doing. But I can tell you right now. There's one side effect to the advice that I'm giving you. The side effect is, and I call this, I call this the, the, the building of success. Think about it like a building. When you go, think about the building, think about it as a building and every floor has a party, right? You're gonna go into that building and you're gonna have friends. You might have 10 friends. You might have 10 friends. When you go into that building on the first floor, there's gonna be a party and everybody's gonna be having a good time. And you're going to say to yourself, man, this is a nice party. I wonder if the party upstairs is going to be nicer. And you and maybe six of your friends will probably go to the next floor. But three of your friends are going to be like, man, I like it here. I'm good. You can't drag them with you because they don't want to come. So you get on the elevator with your six friends. Y'all go to the next floor, right? Next floor is an even better party. They got better alcohol. They got better women, right? You're making networks with new people. And what's going to happen is you're going to gain some new friends on the second floor. And you're going to lose a couple of your friends that came with you from the first floor. 
couple of your friends are going to be like, man, I'm staying here. It's good here. A couple of your other friends, you know, you're seven of you. Three of them might be like, man, I'm going to stay here. Right? Your other three friends are going to be like, shoot, I'm going to the next floor. And then you might have a couple of dudes that say, hey, I'm coming with y'all. Go to the next floor. By the time you get to the top floor of that building of success, nine times out of ten, you're probably going to be the only one. Because most people are easily content. Now, with me, satisfaction is not in my nature. It's not. I got to get more. I got to do more. I got to be more. Because in my opinion, that's life. And you don't stop striving to do more and be more until you die. You feel me? Because that's the end of the journey. Life is all about the journey. You feel me? So that's my opinion. I don't want to... I'm like, you know, this is why Jay-Z's a millionaire. He said, I would rather die enormous than live dormant. But that's what most people do. You feel me? That's what he said in Can I Live? I would rather die enormous than live dormant. But that's what most people do. They live dormant. Their life is just an existence. You feel me? This is why he said, can I live? Most people just want to survive. Most people just want to exist. The question is, do you want to live? Feel me? This is what Nicki Minaj meant when she said, everybody dies, but not everybody lives. You feel me? King George said, keep grinding, brother. No doubt. John Henry said, respect, AM. Appreciate you. To the max, OG, no doubt. And trust and believe, there's people that's watching me right now that are younger. Somebody in here watching me is going to listen to all of this and they're going to end up becoming a multimillionaire because of this. I have no doubt in my mind. I have no doubt in my mind. Somebody's going to listen to this information that's going to make them a millionaire. But even more than that, it's going to make them successful. Shout out to Michael. He said, this big mic from NC, ACB used Clarence Thomas. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about as far as that. I got to go look into that. I got to go look into that. Everybody uses Clarence Thomas. Everybody uses Clarence Thomas. But... Anyway, I'm about to get up out of here, man. Like I said, I hope that what I've told you guys will inspire you. I hope it will give you some more insight into what you should be doing. Because like I said before, black men, we got to compete. If we want to improve our life, you got you got BWs on YouTube running around here saying there's no such thing as a high value black man or, or a black man who values himself basically saying that all black men are broke and i know that's a lie because i'm not broke but you got them running around here talking about us like we ain't nothing 
And I'm gonna tell you the truth. Part of the reason they're able to do that is because we have allowed them, we have allowed them to program us for failure. And you have to unprogram yourself. You have to unprogram yourself. This is why I recommend the books that I recommend. You feel me? Read The Power of Habit. Read The Power of Habit. Read Contagious. That's one of the books Nipsey read that gave him the idea to sell his mixtape for $100. Read The Power of Habit. Read Contagious. Read uh, Think and Grow Rich. Read The Law of Success in 16 Lessons. Read The Millionaire Next Door. You feel me? Read Think and Grow Rich. Read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Read The Art of Not Giving a You Know What. There's a bunch of books that you can read that can unprogram all of that BS, right? You feel me? You can unprogram all of that BS. Read um, The Millionaire Mind State by T. Harbecker. Right? That talks about your money blueprint, which is another thing that gets programmed into you when you're a kid. If you're around a bunch of people that have a poor mind state and all they talk about is what they can't afford and all you see is what they can't afford, it programs your mind to think that that's what you're supposed to have. So it makes it very difficult for you to get your hands on real money. You have to reprogram your money mind, your, uh, your, your money blueprint. You feel me? Or what Robert Kiyosaki calls your super ego. You have to reprogram that. You have to program that to want you to accept money. Otherwise, you will subconsciously um, uh, self-sabotage. So you got to you got to read you got to read those books because those books will help reprogram your mind. You feel me? Read read some of Tony Robbins books. You feel me? Read Unbreakable. Read them books. You feel me? Read that book where Tony Robbins talk about burning the boats once you get on the island because then you don't then you can't fail. You feel me? You got to take the island. There's plenty of books that you can read that will that will help you read. When it comes to money management, read. Um, I don't really like the Christian overtones in it, but read read Dave Ramsey's book. Um, uh, 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 what is what is that book Dave Ramsey has? The Millionaire Mind. Yeah, it's called The Millionaire Mind. It's either The Millionaire Mind or The Millionaire Mindset. I can't remember which one it is. Um, Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Read Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. And definitely read uh, Thou Shall Prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lappin. That, mo that book actually talks about the concept of money and, and how money has its own energy and it puts you in the right state of mind. Read, read that book as well. But you got to reprogram your mind because you've been programmed. If you're black, I know you've been programmed to think money is evil. You've been programmed to think success is evil. You've been programmed to think that 
you need to work for somebody. You've been programmed to think all of these things, but you live in a day and time where it has never been a better time to try and be an entrepreneur. You are in the perfect time frame to become an entrepreneur. The perfect time frame, okay? The internet has leveled the playing field. You gotta remember that. The internet, the smartphone, it has leveled the playing field. Like, we, we live in the best time. This is our version, uh, uh, to quote Nipsey, this is our version of the gold rush. You gotta take advantage of it. You're gonna watch the transition of wealth happen. You feel me? But anyway, I'm about to get up out of here, man. I want to give a shout out to all the masculine mercenaries, all the matter mercenaries. Salute to all my Mapoho Lion brethren, all the submissive cooperative lionesses. Y'all already know what it is, man. Shout out to the paper check gang. You feel me? Check paper. Paper check gang. Check paper. Shout out to the Paper Check Gang. My bad. The money's sticking together. My fault. I can't get it. I can't fan it out. It's sticking together. Paper Check Gang. Shout out to the Paper Check Gang. You feel me? One love to all the bosses out there. Definitely tune in later tonight for Boss Talk Radio. You feel me? And y'all already know, man. Shout out to the 300 Spartans. Remember, keep the pride, hold the line. You feel me? But most of all, stay conservative, my friend. I'm going to holler at you guys later. Deuces.